Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest hey, Andrew. Hello, Edwin. I want to talk about praying. I want to talk about asking God to be God. Absolutely. From we, Psalm 35. We see that request in Psalm 35. So it is rather lengthy, so we're not going to be able to read the whole psalm every day, but it's kind of broken up into three prayers. We'll talk a little bit more about that, I think, in a later conversation. But how about you read the first prayer from your New King James there, verses 1 through 10. You verses 1 through 10, we'll do the first prayer. All right, Psalm 35, a psalm of David. Plead my cause, O Lord, with those who strive with me. Fight against those who fight against me. Take hold of shield and buckler and stand up for my help. Also draw out the spear and stop those who pursue me. Say to my soul, I am your salvation. Let those be put to shame and brought to dishonor who seek after my life. Let those be turned back and brought to confusion who plot my hurt. Let them be like chaff before the wind and let the angel of the Lord chase them. Let their way be dark and slippery, and let the angel of the Lord pursue them. For without cause they have hidden their net for me in a pit, which they have dug without cause for my life. Let destruction come upon him unexpectedly. Let his net that he has hidden catch himself. Into that very destruction let him fall. And my soul shall be joyful in the Lord. It shall rejoice in his salvation. All my bones shall say, Lord, who is like you, delivering the poor from him who is too strong for him. Yes, the poor and the needy from him who plunders him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. So here in this first section of the psalm, the first of the three prayers, you have what we learned yesterday, imprecation calling upon a curse, or I guess calling a curse down yeah. mm-hmm. upon the enemies of David, which is actually a call for God to act and to bring righteous judgment, justice uh, upon the wickedness. David is professing his innocence here and saying that they have no cause for this. Look how they're plotting against me, devising traps against me. If they're right, I say if they're right, if we're right, if I'm right about when this was written or with the events upon which it's meditating, uh, David really did have a claim for innocence. I, yes. I mean, I'm not saying he's 100% innocent, but this thing that Saul is bringing against him, he is innocent of that. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. looking for vindication. Mm-hmm. And then we even talked about, and that's from 1 Samuel 24, mm-hmm. the incident at the cave. Just as we were kind of running out of time, we reminded ourselves of 1 Samuel 25, the Where time when almost, David yeah, was trying to take vengeance in his own hand instead of leaving it to the Lord. And uh, the the good wife of Nabal, Abigail, talked him down, and and a lesson was learned there about give place to the Lord for mm-hmm. vengeance. Which allowed him at that moment to maintain his innocence. He yeah. still, Nabal had no cause to hate him because he did not follow through with his actions. And so that faithfulness, that trust in the Lord uh, to, to deal with enemies is certainly expressed in this psalm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So as we look at some of these imprecations and some of the struggles, and I, I have no doubt that we can't answer all the questions that deal with those issues this week, no matter how many conversations we have. But one of the things I notice, and I think this is a big deal about our praying just in general, whether we're talking about imprecations or we're talking about praise or we're talking about thanksgiving or confession or requests, mm-hmm. one of the things that we see happen in this psalm again and again and again is is a great principle of prayer that I know I need to learn 
more deeply because the more I practice it, I think the more effective my praying is at making me more like Jesus, at making more more like God. And that's the principle to ask God to be God. Yeah. To be satisfied with God. Not and, and satisfied sounds so resigned. I mean, it's more than satisfied. It's pleased. It's happy. It's excited that this is my God. This is who he mm-hmm. is. And, and I want him to be who he is. I want him to do what he's promised. I want him to be God. Yeah. Let God be God, which means I'm not God. That's and true. And that's okay. Amen. And you're Amen. not God, and that's okay. That's true. Yeah. So we're going to let God be God. Ask God to be God. So, uh, you know, with that theme, mm-hmm. ask God to be God, I, I kind of looked at this psalm through those eyes or through that lens. I saw some characteristics of God here that maybe we don't always rehearse often. Okay. But one of the ones I see is in asking God to be God, ask him to act in order to save, that God is a savior. And in verses one through three, in fact, he is our our only savior. But what he's looking for from God, he is looking for God to say to his soul, I am your salvation. He's wanting God with this military uh, imagery, taking up the arms and the shield and the buckler and all of this, the spear, to go out, fight for me, to save me, to be my deliverer. So acting to save is something that uniquely God does. I think that's powerful, especially when we tie back to the discussion we had yesterday about Nabal and what was going on there, especially because Abigail multiple times in, in her talking to David, it is about, David, do not use your own hand to save you. Mm-hmm, that's right. Do not do that. Let God be the one who saves you. And in this meditation, that's what this first prayer is all about. In fact, it's pretty well bookended with that because in verse three, it's, Lord, I want you to say to my soul, I am your salvation. And when we get to the end of this first prayer in verse nine, my soul will rejoice in the Lord, exulting in his salvation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This this first prayer is bookended by those ideas of God. I want you to be God. Yeah. I want to let you be the Savior. You be my Savior. The other part of that coin or the other side of that coin then is uh, God deal with my enemies. Chase mm. the enemies. Mm. Uh, particularly in five and six, let them be like chaff before the wind. Let the angel of the Lord chase them. I think in our conversations last week, we were talking a little bit about um, no, maybe it was a different class. We've been talking about the angel of the Lord. We talk so much Bible around here, Edwin, you know, and, the, and we it did starts talk to run the together. angel of the Lord last week. In fact, oh, that's one good, of the good, interesting good, good, things good. is that the angel of the Lord is mentioned twice in the Psalms. Okay. Psalm 34, Psalm 35, which gets us to another one of those points of saying, I may not always be able to say, here's the overarching theme. And yeah. maybe by the time we're done with the Psalms, we'll have one figured out. But pretty much every time we get to the next one, I say, oh, I know why this one's next. And I think that's one of the things here. The angel okay. of the Lord got mentioned in Psalm 34. Yeah. Here it is. Here he is again. Well, see, great, 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 great. So uh, that makes sense why that was on my mind. But how is the angel of the Lord acting? We brought this out in Exodus, right, to deal with the enemies, the yes. enemies of Pharaoh and and all of this. And so we see here the calling upon the angel of the Lord. The, the, the enemies blow away like chaff, okay? And that's the destiny of the wicked way Psalm back in one. Psalm 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this is letting God be God. Number one, to be our Savior. Number two, to deal with our enemies. Well, okay. can I take that one a little yeah, deeper now that do. you've brought that up? Because one of the things I thought of in reading this psalm was what we find in Exodus 23, which ties this together. Exodus 23 and verse 20, Behold, God says to the Israelites, I send an 
angel Mm -hmm. before you to guard you on the way to bring you to the place that I have prepared. Pay careful attention to him and obey his voice. Do not rebel against him, for he'll not pardon your transgression, for my name is in him. But if you carefully obey his voice and do all that I say, then I will be an enemy to your enemies and an adversary to your adversaries. That is what David is calling him to do. You sent your angel. If I do what you say, you're going to fight my causes. You're going to be the enemy to my enemies. That's what's going on. Let God be God. Mm -hmm. Um, A third one that I saw, verses 17, 18, a little beyond what we read just a moment ago. Uh, But here the scripture says, Lord, how long will you look on? Rescue me from their destructions, my precious life from the lions. I will give you thanks in the great assembly. I will praise you among many people. So that's uh, another ending of of a prayer section there. But uh, when we ask God to be God, we want him to, him to act in his time, mm. uh, recognize he will act in his time. This how long, O oh Lord, my time is not always God's time, but even in the imprecation, I am humbly recognizing you're going to act. I want you to act now, but you're going to act in your time. Which is one of the benefits and blessings of these imprecations and and seeing the contrast between what David is praying and how he's acting, because the imprecation itself, the way it's meted out, has this underlying aspect of, I may be wrong on what should happen to these folks. Mm. I'm leaving it up to you to handle in your time. There's a humility there about that. Uh, we want God to be God, and of course God is all seeing, but he is actually asking God to see this now. Uh, verse 22, this you have seen, O Lord, do not keep silence. O Lord, do not be far from me. Stir up yourself and awake to my vindication, to my cause, my God and my Lord. Vindicate me, O Lord. Um, you have seen. You bear witness. And, uh, and so... That is the role of God, to be the seer, the witness bearer. It's easy to say that when you think that what God's going to see in you is the innocence, but there is still a vulnerability that I'm I'm, I'm leaving it up to you, Lord, to see, because I may be wrong about that, too. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good a, point. It's a great a great request. That's a good point. I think you said five things. Have you I got another fifth, one? I do. So there's four about to act to save, chase away the enemy, act in time, see, and he is all seeing. The fourth one is... Um, that God is pleased, let God be God, and God is pleased uh, with the well-being of his people. Mm. Uh, verse 27, let them shout for joy and be glad who favor my righteous cause, and let them say continually, let the Lord be magnified, who has pleasure in the prosperity of his servant. That God is ultimately about the good of his people. And in situations where we might be calling out for God's deliverance, for justice, even to pray, you know, along the lines of an imprecation, uh, we need to remember that there is a good here for God's people, our spiritual formation, ultimately to be with him in heaven uh, through the Lord Jesus Christ and the gospel. He really is about the good of his people. Mm, mm. So list the five things for me again. Sure. Let God be God. Act to save. Uh, chase away the enemy, deal with the enemy, act in your time, see all, and then be pleased 
uh, with the benefit of the people, or pleased with, to bless the people. I think about those very first two statements that you have, that I, I want to let God be God as Savior. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the struggles we have with these imprecatory psalms is that we miss that when God is Savior, He is saving those whom, whom He's saving from something, from something, from someone. Yeah. And so that leads to the second one. And that that's where these imprecations come in, mm-hmm. is that... There are those from whom we need to be delivered. Mm-hmm. And and while we want their salvation, recognizing that they may not themselves come over to our side, mm-hmm. there's going to be judgment and there's going to be justice. Yeah. I think that is fantastic. Powerful. Can I add one more? Sure. Something that I saw here in Psalm 35, verses 7 and 8. I think this is one that we struggle with. For without cause they hid their net for me. Without cause they dug a pit for my life. Let destruction come upon him when he does not know it, and let the net that he hid ensnare him. Let him fall into it for his destruction or to his destruction. Mm-hmm. Here's something interesting in Deuteronomy chapter 19, verse 16. If a malicious witness arises to accuse a person of wrongdoing, then both parties to the dispute shall appear before the Lord, before the priests and the judges who are in office in those days. The judges shall inquire diligently, and if the witness is false witness and has accused his brother falsely, then you shall do to him as he had meant to do to his brother. Mm -hmm. So you shall purge the evil from your midst." David in this prayer is actually striving to obey God. There is evil in the midst, people who are falsely accusing. And David is just basically saying, God, do what you said you're going to do. Drive the evil away. Bring upon the false accusers what they are trying to bring on those they are falsely accusing. It's asking God to be God. Asking God to be God. And we said this imprecation is about God acting in an acting in a justice. And my little note for verses seven and eight is a poetic justice. <laughs> he wants them to be caught up in the nets that they have set for him, falsely set for him. Yeah, absolutely. Poetic justice. Well, what are you learning from the Psalms and Psalm 35? We'd love to hear. Send us an email, text talk at christiansmeetyear.org. Text talk at christiansmeetyear.org. Um, Edwin, would you lead us in prayer? Holy God, we want you to be you. We are so thankful that you are our God. Lord, please help us to get rid of the God of our misunderstanding. And instead, Lord, to know exactly who you are, to be excited that you are who you are, that we would value what you value, we would love what you would love, we pursue what you want pursued, that we'll say what you'll say, and we'll look forward to you doing what you've promised. And may we do that in fullness, even in those areas that Well, it's not something we're necessarily comfortable with, but we know you are you and you are good and we call you to be who you are, to do what you have said, to keep what you have promised and help us, Lord, to surrender and submit. We love you, Lord God. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.